Blog Talk Radio. And now, 
coaching my son's soccer team for the past year and a half, it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit to the sport. And, you know, with, with you know we have FC, Cincinnati Football Club, Cincinnati, that's competing in the United Soccer League, that's up to motor to the, um, the uh, you know, Major League Soccer next 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 spring. Uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot of good things happening here in terms of soccer in the city, and I'm happy to be part, be part of that. So with all that being said, who did you have win the World Cup uh, last week? Because you know, people, like like uh, people, a lot, a lot of people say Spain, a lot of people say France. I personally think it was going to be thought it was going to be France and Germany in the end. But give me your thoughts on quick on who you had winning the World Cup, at least the favorites in the World Cup. Wow, you know I will say this, and I will admit this, right? I'm not a huge yes. soccer fan. I'm not oh, a wow. huge World Cup guy. But you know, occasionally oh. I'll peek in. And, um, you know, I, 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 it, it, I will follow it to a certain degree because, of course, we do talk about it on Stacey Sports. Um, right. I, I, I do kind of tend to lean towards some of the favorites, of course. Um, of course, Germany, with them winning it in, 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 in 2014, I had them yes. as one of my favorites of winning it as, as repeating. Um, Brazil is one of, another one of my favorites. And, and – Dwayne, you there, bro? Uh, I hope we didn't lose him. Uh, I hope we didn't lose him. Uh, hopefully he'll, he'll dial back in. Uh, yeah, I think we lost him. He'll, he'll dial back in momentarily. But he was riffing about Brazil and Germany in, in the game. I mean, there's one thing by quick while he's trying to dial back in is, is that what shocked me, and this is part of these surprises, was that seeing Mexico do their thing. So Dwayne just called back in. Let's see if we can get him back in. Uh, yeah, sorry about that, Scott. I had okay, a slight technical difficulty. My phone is uh is rather sensitive. It's very uh, Ralph Transman, if you will. <laughs> it's Ralph Transman. Um, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was saying, you know, Germany. You know, it'll be interesting to see if they, they're capable of repeating. Uh, Spain is yeah. another. Not Spain. I'm sorry. Brazil is another one of the teams that I've been looking at, um, and also quite possibly. I was also thinking, you know, potentially France. But I like rooting for underdogs in, in, in situations uh, where I'm not completely uh, 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 engulfed in it. And that underdog, sure. of course, for me, is Iceland. Because of the fact that, you know, it's a, it's a, a lowly populated country and the fact that they're right. capable of getting a team into the World Cup with, uh, you know, with, with, with their, their, their population being as little as it is. Right. I, I, I've, I've been rooting for them, so the, they're they're my underdog spot. But like I said before, watching the big dogs uh, attempt to, uh, to to win it, especially watching uh, the great players like Messi and, and Ronaldo, see if they're capable of winning one. It, it, it'll be interesting to see if that's possible. But um, yeah, Iceland is is my underdog pick, but I'm 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 leaning towards my uh, 2014 champion in Germany. You know what? But it's, I, it's possibly that might not happen because they're on the on the um, on the on the on okay. they're, they're in the uh, in the middle of, of dealing with something right now, aren't they? In terms of uh, being able to qualify and within their group. Well, basically, where it stands now is Neymar, the stud. It's like he was in training. You know, well, they call it practice training, suck, I guess. But he was like he was in training, and he and, and, and he had to lead training earlier. Like, keep in mind that from their first match. He was getting his ass 
banged around, man. I mean, he was like, he got, like, Alexi Lawless from Fox Sports said that he got fouled at least ten times, and they didn't call it. So they yeah. were like, so those cats were roughing him up like, like crazy from Switzerland. But you know, I guess they tried to get in, into that kid's head. Um, it's funny you mentioned Iceland, and, and and I'll get to them in a moment because I, I I think they're a great story. You know, this is their first World Cup I think ever. Um, and you know, with the size of I mean, they're the size of Corpus Christi, and I'll get to that in a moment as well. I mean, just to show you that it's such a small country, I don't think they have over three hundred and thirty thousand people, and yet here they are in this in the World Cup. You know, they they acquit themselves well against Argentina in like a, in a one more draw, even though um, uh, Messi should have made that damn penalty kick. But that's another story for another day. But my favorites going in again. I mentioned France. I mentioned Germany. Even though I'm kind of shocked that Germany got 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 uh, got got beat by Mexico. Um, I also liked uh, Portugal a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Brazil. It, they they it's something about Brazil that leaves me always leaves me wanting more. Like remember mm. that last World Cup in uh, in in, in uh, Rio in 2014, yeah. I guess it was. They were the favorites. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they felt that they had a home field advantage on the way to the World Cup title. Remember when they got the asses beat by Germany? What was it seven yeah. to one, something like that? I mean, Germany's still scoring good. goals. That's how bad it was. <laughs> um, and you know, you know, seeing the fans cry and weeping on national television—I don't mean to laugh, but, but you know, but still. Now they came up with a draw against a Switzerland team that's while not bad, right? Brazil is mm-hmm. a better squad than, than Switzerland, so that that raises questions there. But I want to this one thing I want to touch on right quick is my man Cristiano Ronaldo. Mm-hmm. He is single-handedly, and I mean single-handedly, getting Portugal try to get them to the knockout round. I mean, he scored all four goals for Portugal. I mean yeah. that hat trick against Spain that that. That earned them a, a, a draw against Spain, and you know the only goal in the match against Iran. Um, he didn't he didn't play that well in the last World Cup, I thought, but he's really showing out this year, man. I don't know if he's mad. I don't know if if he's he's mad at the fact that he's like calling him like the, the one of the greatest never to win a possibly never to win a World Cup. I think you know he's getting like comparisons to Pele. And others, um, but the thing is, is that I mean they both speak Portuguese. That's the only connection, I guess. But but nevertheless, um, you know the thing is that seeing 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 Cristiano uh, 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 Ronaldo just ball out of control like he is right now, it's a sight to behold. Again, he scored all four goals for a squad, including a hat trick in the last, like like in the first match against Spain. And I don't think he's slowing down. And I think they're about to play. Did they play? Had they played Morocco? Yeah, they did they play, play Morocco. Play Morocco. Yet. The thing okay, is, they have. Okay, is, my bad. Yeah, I was gonna say the thing is, you know, that's gonna be, I, I guess, the, the 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 match that decides whether or not uh, 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 they move on to the to the, uh, the, the, the 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 field of sixteen. And right. with Morocco already being out. You know how will Morocco approach this game? You know they 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 really don't have anything to lose at this point. 
you know, it's just a situation right. where they potentially lay down and, um, you know, they, they, they score as many goals as they're going to potentially need in order for them to advance. Or is this a game where Morocco comes in and is thinking, you know, we can go ahead and um, crush some hearts. We were already out. Let's go ahead right. and, and um, set up a situation where we take somebody with us and, and take out a favorite at that. So it's, it's going right. to be very interesting with this game with Morocco. It, it all depends upon what their mindset is going to be like coming into this. Well, you know what's another great fact, story, man? Going... Uh, okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say we no, could be the favorite potentially in in, in that um, in that grouping. It'll be very interesting yep. if Morocco knocks them out. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I hear, it, brother. And you know, I was going to say another. I got so excited about the greatness story. Of, another great story to me is Senegal. I mean, mm-hmm. Senegal beat Port, beat, beat Poland. I almost say I almost said Portland. I'm thinking NBA. Poland um, one nil, or I'm sorry, two one rather. And they're in a driver's seat right now in Group H. I mean, people, a lot of yeah. people consider them to be a dark horse in this tournament. And um, they don't have, I mean, I guess the strongest squad in their group, I guess technically is, is Colombia and Poland. I mean, I don't think Poland's that bad either. But, I mean, that was a big win for Senegal. And, you know, I have a, and I'm sure you probably know many people the same way, but... I think people call it, as you know, to be the same way. But um, if we're not in it, or if we get not that we be the United States, if we are not in it, or either got not that of the uh, knockout stage or the, or whatever, I always go with the African teams. Any African team that's that's in it, I roll with them. So not the 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 the, the uh, usual suspects are there, like Nigeria. They're like the OGs mm-hmm. from Africa that's always in the tournament. Um, Egypt is, is showing yeah. up on the big stage, but many people thought that Senegal would be a sleeper, and they're the only one right now that's chewing the driver's seat in their group. So I mean, props to Senegal, and plus, the side note here: so many women are now. Thirsty over their their, their head coach. <laughs> it's just hilarious to me. But anyway, what are your thoughts on Senegal and how they're doing the damn thing in terms of repping the African nations in this tournament? You know, I will say this: they are in the easiest grouping in the entire World Cup, with the exception of Group A. And it's kind of uh-huh. is it accidental that Russia, of course, is in that grouping? But I'll digress by, by getting into that. But <laughs> Well, they yeah. currently in the, in, in the driver's seat, you know, if, if they can go ahead and, and um, you know, put up a couple more uh, points in their next matchup, you know, they, they don't play again until, what, maybe like the 25th, 26th? But if, if, right. if they can put up some points in their next game, in their next match, they're in there. So, of course, they, they yeah, and I hate that phrase, they control their own destiny. Let's just say they control their own situation. They play right. well in, in, in game two for them, they'll be all right. The thing is, who do you know who they play in the second match? I think uh, I was looking for I'm not sure. I was looking up, up, up trying to look it up early because they beat Poland, and Poland uh-huh. is like top ten in the, in the world. So they exactly. got that out of the way. So they're, to your point, this is pretty right now. I mean, as yeah, long as there's something let down, they should be straight. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, if, if if they have Japan next, you know, the, who has the uh, the lowest ranking out of everyone within their grouping, 
if they're capable of, of, of literally knocking them out, mm-hmm. it'll be a cakewalk for them. And it'll be very interesting yep. to see which one of those two teams between uh, 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 Croatia and Poland, two of the favorites yeah. within that group, Poland. to see which yeah. one of those yeah, two yeah, get Columbia, knocked out. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing, man. You know, Poland's one thing. I mean, they're the eighth. They're, they're like number eight in the world. That was, I mean, that was shocking to stuff. The sun goes up to pull that off. But Colombia, to me, it's been a disappointment. I mean, they're better than, than Japan, but they're not playing mm-hmm. like it. And, yeah. you know, they, this this is going to be a huge disappointment if Colombia gets at home. I mean, it's not over yet, but they're, but they're looking up at, at Japan and Senegal, and they're not in a good spot. And if they end up going out early in this tournament, that's going to be very disappointing. Who knows what the hell will be happening in Medellin and, 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 and company down there. Someone will probably bring back the ghost of, uh, of, of Pablo Escobar if they don't get this stuff together. <laughs> or Medellin. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I heard is a beautiful country, by the way. I need to get down there. Um, yes, I but, heard the same thing. Yeah, so we talked about Iceland earlier. The reason why I want to touch on Iceland, and and I want to re- because I want to relate it to our failure as a as a as, as in terms of our men's team of missing out on this tournament. All we had to do, we had like one job. All we had to do was beat Trinidad and Tobago's B team. Even I don't care if it was if it was on the road on a crappy field. We had this one job, and meanwhile, no one anticipated that perfect storm had been such as Honduras winning and, and Panama winning, which got Panama into the tournament in, in our, in our mm-hmm. space. Because all I had to do was at least draw with Trinidad and, and Tobago, and of course, we laid a big ass egg there. So I, I bring up Ireland, and, 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 and uh, I'll, I'll get this Iceland connection momentarily, but I, I, but I want to mention what. Taylor Twelman from ESPN said, as it relates to Iceland, he went on this epic rant after the after we failed to qualify, and he said, "Now why don't we do it as Iceland? Iceland has 300, as I mentioned, not even more than 330,000 people, which he said, quote, is the size of Corpus Christi. <laughs> How can a country yeah. the size of Corpus Christi?" Qualify and do well for the for the World Cup, and we, this nation with all these resources, mm-hmm. come up short and be mediocre year after year after year after year after year. And to me, like a lot of people would would say, is like because well, people just don't care about soccer in this country. Blah blah blah. I mean, which is true to to the extent, but that's not the root of it. No. Because for one thing, the lot of kids playing soccer these uh, these days. Even more so than when we were growing up. Okay, mm-hmm. I coach a soccer team in Cincinnati, Ohio, of all places. And there's several teams, and there's several leagues, and this Midwestern city. Okay, which is not, which does not have the, the cachet of Washington D.C. area, or Chicago, or New York City, or whatever the hell. This is Cincinnati, exactly. Ohio, and they have several youth league squads here. I have a, I have a cousin on my mom, oh, on my mom. On my wife's side of the family, well, actually, three of them who at least play soccer at a high level or playing soccer right now. Like, like the father used to play on a like a, on a high level. His oldest son is playing on a really high level, and his, and, and, the, and his youngest son is pretty good as well. 
And we have FC Cincinnati mentioned them earlier. Uh, so I was kidding off all, all the podcast. We've been drawing record crowds here for at a lower level, in, like a uh, U.S. soccer match in, in, the, in the U.S. soccer division in, in the United Soccer League, which earned us a spot in MLS starting next season. It's, the excitement is here. So if it's here, it's this now out in this town, you got to imagine, you can only extrapolate and see how many squads are trying to get into MLS because the fans have to, the interest is there. It's just mm-hmm. it's there, and I just I'm just upset at the fact that U.S. how U.S. soccer is treating the sport. I mean, it's like they they're big on pay for play, right? They have all these academies, but you got to pay, you got to know folks to get into to have your kid get in. So in other words, mm. if you're like the average kid, you probably you have a little shot getting to play. Yeah. Exactly. So basically. Someone said this on social media around that time when Taylor Twelman went off on the U.S. men's soccer team and on U.S. soccer in general. It's like they're treating soccer like tennis in the sense that it's treated like a country club sport. It's not really about finding the diamonds and the roughs like most countries in the world do. It's about mm-hmm. making money, okay, and it's about growing their resources monetarily instead of Instead of instead of developing young talent, I mean, you see so many kids, black kids, white kids, whatever, from diff, from various socioeconomic classes who play the sport in this country. And hell, I'm just going to focus here on the city for a minute. There are a lot of kids that are here. It's just that they fall to the crest because those tournaments and those academies and those paying for play stuff, uh, programs that they have, Yosaka has. It's 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 cost it's cost prohibitive. It, and it if, again, if you don't either know anybody or have the resources, those kids are gonna fall through the cracks and just try different sports and and and, and U.S. soccer just keeps losing great talent year after year after year because of that. So that's that's my little rant. I know you got some stuff to add, so the floor is yours. Yeah, actually, just a little bit. Because um, even okay. once you start getting past the developmental stage, you start talking about the quality yep. of players that we have that play high school soccer, that go on to play collegiate right. soccer. Now, I heard something mm-hmm. today. I, I can't remember the coach's name. You may be able to help me out with this. He was a former coach of D.C. United. And mm-hmm. he's currently writing a book about United States soccer. And okay. they interviewed him on local radio this morning. And one of the things he talked about was the problem that happened when you're talking about MLS soccer and the amount oh. of international players that are playing in the league as, as opposed to U.S.-born players. It seems like ownership, once again, is a money thing because it's a possibility that, you know, well, not a possibility, but a lot of the fans are, or, or they, a lot of the owners think that fans mm-hmm. want to see older players who have more reputation, and they'll go out and they'll take their time to spend their money on getting older guys with reputation. What's that? Is it is a, is a former coach Bruce Arena who's writing that book? It, it, yes, that's exactly who it is. Okay. Yes. Yes, that's what. Yeah, I'm so, about. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Sorry about that. Yeah. So you know he was talking about how you know MLS they'll pay the money to bring yep. in these older players that they think fans want to see. Instead of mm-hmm. cultivating U.S. fans, but U.S. players, so that U.S. fans can be 
excited about seeing their own compete within their right. own league. And yeah. with that, a lot of those players don't even go on to play for the U.S. team to compete in the Cup. So that's where a lot of that problem comes in, and that's why you don't have a lot of the quality players coming in. I, don't, I knew that was the issue back in 2014 was the amount of older guys that the U.S. had on that squad and not a lot of not a lot of younger guys coming up to replace them, you know, and, and, and compete in, in, in later years or in current years. Because as, as memory serves me correctly, and you may you know a little bit better than I do, there's only been one guy that I can think of that they're talking about playing with the U.S. that, that that's supposed to be dynamic that's coming in that could potentially compete for uh, 2022. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Uh, I think you're right, actually. Yeah, and, and that's a shame. No, I don't have to name, but... Yeah, but there's only one guy that, that's, that's, that's a betting player for the future. That's insane. Yeah. You With know, the resources that we have, that's Exactly. Crazy. Yeah. So... Something has to be I don't done. Know. I mean, I mean, I, 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 look. I, as much love as I have for Joseph Altador and 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 uh, and, 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 and and that Bradley guy was I forgot his name, um, and um, and whatnot. I, I just think we need new blood in the worst way, because it seems like this this this, this the guys on the squad is it's like that dog is missing. They they don't have that dog in them. And, you know, which is sad because, again, you figure, a, 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 and, and Tom Dempsey is the other guy, um, you, you, you think that a, a nation with an organization of U.S. soccer that has so many resources, it's inexcusable for us to, like, be excited of just getting to the knockout round. I mean, we should be doing more than that. I mean, it, it just, to me, it boils down to this for U.S. soccer is, is what do they want? Do they want to just be all with, just happen to be in here and maybe get a knockout stage and, and get some exposure, or do you want to win the damn thing? If you want to win the damn thing, you got to, to me, get rid of the pay for plays, start opening it up, start having more, like, a, like not, I wouldn't call them academies, more programs towards uh, inner city kids or lower or socioeconomically disadvantaged kids that will play the sport, who love the sport, and cultivate that talent, mold that talent, right? And then, because that, that's your life. That I mean, because I mean, that's your 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 lifeblood. It's 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 kind of like a minor league system for a major league squad. If you don't have any 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 future stars or studs you're developing in the minor leagues, your 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 major league squad is going to permanently suck. And so we're going to see we're seeing the same thing here with U.S. Soccer. Mm-hmm. I just I just don't get why no one U.S. Soccer gets their head out of the ass and, and, and understands that. I, I, again, you got Iceland countries like Iceland, Costa Rica, who's whooping our asses, <laughs> especially yeah. Costa Rica. They, I mean, whooping our asses on the pitch year after year after year because they have the infrastructure with limited resources. Mm-hmm. Whereas we are just just concerned with making money, and that's that's just not right. That's that's really not right. But 
I know I spent a lot of time in the soapbox, but <laughs> I just had no, to get that off. It just has to get to a point where U.S. soccer has to, has to get to it. And you know what? When the fans start to show this, their displeasure of it and they stop yeah. coming to MLS matches and they stop attending, well, I don't think they'll stop attending NCAA stuff. But, yeah, if they stop attending matches that are U.S. soccer related and MLS matches, mm-hmm. it's a possibility that might be a way for them to shake them up. Because if, if they don't care now, I don't know what's going to make them care, but they have six years in order to figure it out. Right. This should be, like you said, this should be a wake-up call. Because yeah, 30,000 people, or, or yeah, yep. 300,000 people, that's less than the population of D.C. Right. And you're telling me that you can find a bunch of guys in this dense city good enough to play World Cup soccer, but you can't find it in the U.S.? And, and, right. and to use the excuse of what well, they don't want to play is a cop-out. Because they're kids that want to play. That's bullshit. I know. You got to figure out a way to keep these kids interested, to keep these kids wanting to stay here and play, and making it an availability for these kids to want to stay here. Because a lot of the, a lot of the talent, and and like I've noticed it from afar, but never had an understanding of it and why that was the case, other than the fact of, mm-hmm. of notoriety and potentially money, in terms of how much they would get paid overseas. But a lot of the mm-hmm. talents you hear coming up, like, um, um, I, I just I, I remember him because it was such a big deal here. Because I think, if I remember correctly, he was from here. Freddie Adu. Yeah. That's a blast in the past for a lot of people who, who are probably listening right now. I remember uh-huh. him being such a big deal here. Yeah. And, of course, him not wanting to compete here because the game wasn't, wasn't, um, wasn't to a point where they were cultivating U.S. talent here, and they weren't paying them. Now mm-hmm. we're to a point where we're almost there, where we're almost at a point of paying that type of money that they play internationally, but yet they don't want to. They don't want to have U.S. guys here. So I don't. I don't know, man. They'll, they'll figure it out sooner or later. If they don't figure it out by twenty, by twenty twenty two, twenty twenty six, when the when the uh, the games get here, this yeah. will be very interesting. It will be very interesting to see. Yeah. What type of turnout they have in twenty twenty uh, in twenty twenty six? Without well, we'll we'll have it because we're the host country. But that's right. What type of what type of play will it be when they're actually competing? Yeah, and that's the thing. I just wish that I, I just wish that that I mean they should take a page out of the U.S. Women's National Team. Now, granted, we had a head start in the rest of the world. Our women did because we. Mm-hmm take women's sports far seriously than the rest of the world does. But even though the rest of the world has, I don't want to say caught up, but they've caught on. They've mm-hmm. caught on to it, and you see better play. But we're still ahead of shows over the rest of the world. You know, maybe Germany has been rivaling us for the past, our squad for the past few years. But to see how the women do it, to see how, you know, how they do? I mean, and mind you, yeah, I know there's no NFL for women taking women like women away. I mean, the WNBA is the WNBA, not not knocking it. There's tennis mm-hmm. here, but it, it, it's something about how the women choose to develop their players that's more mm-hmm. conceptive than how the men do it. So 
if 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 they if if Yuasaka wants to be represented and seen in a high and high, and held a high regard, they take a page of what they're doing with the women and do it for the men. Just to, and it's not hard. Just develop the damn players. Find the players. Yeah. You got the resources to find identify kids that are in neighbor whether the neighborhood leagues or, or whatever, and just. I don't know, mentor them or have have or have um programs in, in, in disadvantaged communities. They'll find some players. They will find players. They will find kids and, and young pe other young people who can mm-hmm. play the sport, who's willing to play the sport. Because I mean, look, it's not that expensive though to, to, to have a soccer game. All you need is is is, or, or, is just two nets and a ball. You don't even need a net. Maybe the minimum most expensive ball. part is the shin guard. That's all you need. It's, it's that. That's all you need. You, 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 have, you have cats, and especially these young kids, man, you know, even if they're not playing organized soccer, you know, mm-hmm. they're out there, you just give them a ball in, 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 in the area to play. They'll play. You know, and you can develop yeah, some play. kids from there. You know what I'm saying? You, yeah. you, you'll, you'll find a diamond in the rough, and you just have to de- develop those kids from there. It's just Getting that interest, which we know is there, as a matter of fact, it seems as if that's a direction that this country is starting to head more in towards. Because of course they don't want them to play football anymore because of because of the concussion trauma and and all that that is entailed with that. So now you have a, 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 a talent pool coming over because parents don't want them their kids playing tackle football anymore. Yeah. So it's all about what, what are you going to do with this opportunity that, that this sport now has now in order to start developing homegrown talent. Let's see what yeah. happens. It's just no excuse. I mean, again, you got a country called like called Iceland, in Iceland, that's nine the size of Raleigh, for crying out loud. Barely yeah. bigger than Greensboro. Yeah. Record shot like that. Costa Rica, places like that, places that barely bigger than the size of mid-range cities, mm-hmm. or competing more so than the U.S. That's just that. That's just shameful. But hopefully, to your point, hopefully we get a heads out of our asses the U.S. soccer and just just does better and 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 cultivating these young men who want to play and mm-hmm. finding kids who want to play. Who was interested? I mean, because look, we can't have to trot out the same cats out there every four years, and Joe's out there doing them. They're going to get old. They are old. Yeah. Get someone else in the lifeline, and you know, it like I'm sorry, in the pipeline rather, to pump some blood into the squad, and maybe they'll do something. But who, who the hell knows what they're going to do? But I'm looking forward to World Cup 2026, and uh, that should be a lot of fun. Um, you know, deck of that. I mean. To me, what came from the legacy from came from the 1994 World Cup that we last hosted was MLS, and mm-hmm. from there, the, gener- the, the year after year, the year, generation after generation of kids have been play- have been picking up the sport. It's a lot more popular here now, and mm-hmm. if you see if you if you see some of these cities trying to get into MLS to get expansion bids, you you pretty much that's pretty much tells the rest of the story. Um, so. To the point that even this this city is on the list of finalists to host games, and I know yeah. DC and Baltimore are as well. So mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so we both have chances of 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 of, of World Cup match to be held in our backyard. So we keep keep an eye on 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 that. But yeah, I decided I didn't expect to spend much time on the U.S. men's team sucking sticking up the joint, but <laughs> U.S. soccer in general. But I'm glad I got to off my chest. I feel better. <sighs> in and out, breathing and out. Um, so let's just move on to something more fun, even though it's more drama with this Kawhi Leonard. Wanted to leave the San Antonio Spurs. I did not – I mean, to I wouldn't think that any team, any player would leave an organization like San Antonio Spurs and would leave a, a great future Hall of Fame head coach and Greg Popovich because people would need to understand that – the San Antonio Spurs are like the New England Patriots of the, uh, of the NBA. They're always there. They're so highly respected. They're highly respectful, uh, respected, uh, despite the fact that they're a quote-unquote small market team in San Antonio. But well, I find the whole thing just fascinating. You know, I wrote a, I wrote a blog or a post earlier today detailing that how this, this has gone from just puzzling to quite – just, 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 just so full of drama now. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, and and, right, and look, I get why he's mad. I mean, if you have teammates put you on blast for not for for not playing because they're thinking they're faking your injury, mm. when, when Tony Parker came out and said his injury was a hundred times worse, wow. and, he, and he played, and and Manu Ginobili called him out, other squad people in the squad called him out. And when someone asked Greg Popovich about his, his availability, when he said, quote, you have to ask him and his team, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, just don't, you just don't do that. I understand that's pop. I understand he can needle some players get away with it, but you can't treat all players the same. Bill Parcells learned that. The great coaches learned that in any sport. Bill Jackson knew, knew that. You know, mm-hmm. and, and to me, Kawhi is one of those quiet brothers, man, that if, if he won't say much, but you can tell shit is festering in his mind, and you don't want to mess with those cats because they may blow up, and when they blow up, you don't know what the hell is going to happen. So I, I think this is dude blowing up. He wants out. Yeah. And I, it's too bad because he was supposed to be the, 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 the guy who followed Tim Duncan. And looks like they have to find another dude to follow Tim Duncan because he he wants out. He he ain't playing. He wants out. He does not want to have anything to do with the team that drafted him. It's just crazy. And that's what makes it so interesting, right? Because the, the thing is with, with, with Popovich is he's a it's a love hate relationship with with everyone, mm-hmm. right? Because you you do have people who love him because he is so well. For some, he's relatable. And the fact that he is, he does treat everyone the same. There are a lot of people who respect that. And the fact that he is capable of running a, 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 a well-built ship. And the fact that, you know, he's been able to keep certain egos in check within mm-hmm. that organization. But at the same time, a lot of those people that he's had within that organization haven't been huge ego guys. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's, it's, it's a credit to both Pop and their GM and who they bring in. And that, that also includes Kawhi Leonard. He's not a huge ego guy. My, right. my, well, I'm not going to say my guess, but, my, you know, it, it just appears 
Kawhi Leonard is not one of those guys who enjoys being treated in that manner, even though mm-hmm. that's the way Poppins been coaching for well over 20 years. You know what I'm saying? Right. He, he has a love-hate relationship with the media. He has what well, has been more love than hate relationship with his players. Well, this is the first time that a, a, a player has come out and ha- has just shown his displeasure with this organization. Now, if you ask me who exactly, especially with the fact that this organization has not won less than fifth, well, I should say this organization has not won less than 65% of its games in a season dating back to when they uh, drafted Tim Duncan. The year before they drafted Tim Duncan, that was the last time that this team won less than 65% of its games. Actually, I should say 60% of its games. Other than that, if you were to close your eyes, if you were to fall asleep in October mm-hmm. and wake up and say, like, uh, 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 late March, you'd be like, yep. hmm, the San Antonio Spurs, she's either in the first or second place in the division, ain't they? Yep. Yeah. San Antonio, I knew it because it was it was guaranteed for almost twenty years. It was rather passage that this team would play that well. And you go from 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 David Robinson to Tim Duncan to the to you know to like you said with Kawhi Leonard, man, this team was not winning less than fifty games. It was given, given. Yeah. Now we don't know what this organization is going to be like. And you know, if you were to ask me whose fault it is. I was playing San Antonio because I, I guess they just couldn't read Kawhi Leonard as good as they thought they have because he don't want to stick around. They're the ones that were planning to meet with Kawhi at the end of the season. It had no, they, they say it had nothing to do with him asking to be traded, that this was a, a meeting that they were planning before, you know, the news leaked. But my feeling is San Antonio already knew. Before the, the news, excuse me, the news leaked that he wanted to leave, and they needed to go ahead and try to resolve this as quickly as possible. The question is, where is he going to go? There are a lot of suitors, but there are a lot of question marks that come with that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, it, I just, I. Well, first, remember, it, it, it was first, it was, it was the Marcus Aldridge, but. LaMarcus Aldridge, but it wasn't that he was disgruntled. I think it was the mm-hmm. fact that he felt bad about not feeling the void after Kawhi Leonard went down with an injury in last mm-hmm. year's playoffs, well, well, for two years ago. And he felt like he, he wanted, I guess he wanted out so that he could take the easy way out. And Pop said, was even sweet talking back, but say, I'm never going to get equal fighting for him. I said, I guess it's a way to, to prop his spirits up, which, you know, of course it works because LaMarcus ended up staying. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's just weird to me. And, and but one thing that's fascinating to me more is that Kawhi said, "Look, I want to play for for I want to play go play in L.A. and preferably for the Lakers." So that essentially nailed his trade market. I mean, people say mm-hmm. he holds all the cards. Kawhi holds all the cards. But if he really wants out, I mean, unless unless the Lakers, who by the way have been drafting pretty well. Uh, have they have a lot of assets? They could pack unless they could package something to the tune of Cal Kuzma, uh, Brendan Ingram, and Orlando Ball. 
Mm-hmm. He's probably going to he being Kawhi may have to stick around to his free agency. And if you're the Lakers, if you know that Kawhi is not going to resign with the Spurs, why make the trade right now? Exactly. I know there's a risk that he may want to go somewhere else, but if he says that he's he, if he articulated that he wants to go ball in L.A. for the Lakers, preferably. Mm-hmm. This is like Carmelo Anthony all over again. Remember when he said he wanted out of Denver, and wanted to play with uh, with the Knicks? Yeah. All we had to, all my Knicks had to do, and that was that's on that's one of the many sins that uh, James Dolan made when he tried to take over, overstep uh, Donnie Walsh's bounds as the former GM and make the deal, even though Donnie Walsh had him over a barrel, had, had the Nuggets over a barrel, was that he got the squad to bring in Carmelo. But as soon as Carmelo arrived, he's looking around like, where everybody at? Yeah. <laughs> the only cat that was still there was Amari Stoudemire. Where, where were everybody at? So, if again, if you're a team, if a player, a star, a superstar player, wants, want, in, his, in, in Kawhi's case, arguably the best two-way player in the game, wants to go ball with your squad, mm-hmm. as his contract is up after next season, why gut your team now? Yeah. Why gut it now? Get LeBron James for AJ and or well they have to bring someone else to bring bring LeBron in or get Paul George in and then wait for next season when Kawhi comes free and mm-hmm. sign his ass. Yeah. You don't have to give up any of the assets. Nothing. And you still have your at the worst case scenario, LA is going to have a, a bitch from hell because. I mean, so much gives it from Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Alonzo Ball will have to go, will have to come off the bench, and that's not a bad option. No. I don't think any of those kids would be bitching about coming off the bench behind LeBron, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so, um, not if it brings them a title. No, no, they won't. What now? I said not if it brings them a title. No, they won't. And I think they'll have a good chance. Now, and we, we, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, so we'll probably get into the more this next week after the draft. But now imagine if they managed to bring in both LeBron and Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant's an unrestricted free agent. He and LeBron mm-hmm. have a friendly relationship. Yeah. Now, if they were to bring those two cats in, it's a wrap. <laughs> it's, a, it's a damn wrap. But uh, – yeah. Yeah, I, but I don't. I don't know if if KD goes anywhere. I don't think he. Future. I don't think he does either. But I'm just yeah. saying it's been rumors. Oh you know, well, rumors exactly. Look at all of them. <laughs> I, I, I I forgot the lyrics. You know, God, I've had these rumors around me every that. day. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at them. They're surrounding me every day. That's what I was looking mm-hmm. for, surrounding me. That's what it was. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I, I don't I don't I don't see KD going anywhere. But, and you're right. But my thing is this, right? The one thing mm-hmm. that the Lakers have to hope happens if they're not willing to, to give give up assets is yeah. they have to hope that Kate, that um, Kawhi doesn't go anywhere and mm-hmm. ends up eventually being wooed by someone else. That's what mm-hmm. they have to hope happens, is that, you know, right. he could potentially be traded for 
an asset, right? Yeah. Like, let's, say, let's say if Kawhi ends up in, say, Boston, right? Even though he's mm-hmm. talking on this track right now that I'm going I'm to go to L.A. come 2019, but he goes to Boston. They win a title there. What makes you think that winning a title in Boston doesn't potentially keep Kawhi in Boston? True. True. You know it's what a risk. So, I'm not saying it's, it's not a risk. risk. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, I mean, I understand because I'm like you. It is a high possibility that, you know, this dude ends up going to L.A., when it's all said and done anyway, mm-hmm. it's just whether or not, you know, they are, are willing to uh, be ahead of that, 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 that Kawhi train, for the lack of a better term, right now or not, right? It's all about, you know, do they want to go ahead and get them now with the hope that doesn't happen, or they just go ahead and, and wait it out for it to eventually happen. Right. So. Right, it's just it's just it's, it has some risk again. But again, if dude, someone would have to call us bluff. But who's going to trade their assets to get Kawhi? Even though, look, whenever if you're at San Antonio Spurs, any squad who's, who's who's trading who's superstar wants out, you're never going to get equal value for him. You're just never going to do that. However, for the other team to even make a deal, you have to you have to essentially gut your franchise. So if you're Boston. Again, would you part with Jalen Brown and, and uh, Terry Rozier and, and, and like in another player for a guy who may be a one-year rental? You have to ask yeah. yourself that question, you Boston, or any team. Exactly. Now, watch Papa that's 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 thing. Charlotte. <laughs> well, 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 you don't want to do that. But, you know, it could be a situation <laughs> where, you know, Boston is in – well, I shouldn't say just Boston because, of course, there have been discussions that Houston might be interested, you know, it's yeah. whatever contender that may be interested right. in getting Kawhi and potentially taking their chances on a one-year rental and hoping mm-hmm. that that turns out into a long-term situation. That's the hope. But do you want to play that dice game and hope that mm-hmm. that happens? You know what I'm saying? That's where, you know, it, that could be a, 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 a huge loss because not only do you lose the assets that you know you 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 wanted to use in order to acquire Kawhi, then you end up losing Kawhi the next year because he doesn't he didn't really want to sign with you in the first place. He really wanted right. to go to L.A. So that's the hope. That's the hope that well, you know for for those teams who are interested. That's what you do, or you hope. Or, and if if you're willing to take on that supermax contract, that you could somehow convince right. Kawhi to sign that supermax contract with San Antonio, and then have him be traded to you, and you take on that contract. But that's a situation on whether or not Kawhi wants that supermax, or if he really wants to play in L.A. So it's one of those two yeah. things that you have to uh, to, to think about. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 going to be interesting. I, you know, some may get done right after the draft or draft night or hell when free agency starts on July first. I I don't know, even though I know Kawhi's not free agent, but still, there's mm-hmm. some transactions 
are made are going to be made, and people are going to have an eye eyes on LeBron. I think LeBron ties in heavily with wherever Kawhi goes. So it makes the NBA so damn fun. You know what I'm saying? So it's going to oh. be interesting. Tomorrow's going to be very fun because I have a strange feeling. Yes. There's going to be a lot of wheeling and dealing tomorrow, especially with these teams yes. that have multiple picks in the first round. There's going to be a lot of mm-hmm. wheeling and dealing. And if I think if Kawhi's going to get moved, it's going to happen tomorrow night because I truly believe a pick is going to have to be involved in that deal in order for it to go down. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if, if San Antonio does it, they do it tomorrow night. If they don't pull the trigger tomorrow night, then it gets really interesting to see exactly where he ends up and who's involved in that trade. Because I think at that point, it, it, it'll have to be a, a multi-team deal in order to really make it happen at that point. And, and who's to say that that's not even out of the the um, the realm of possibility, that um, it's, a, it's a multi-deal situation. So tomorrow, tomorrow, man, I, I, I love you tomorrow. It's only a day away. I, I'm, 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 I don't, I'm, 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 I'm hyped. For multiple reasons, first and foremost, my Wizards finally have a first-round pick. Ernie Grunfeld finally get, uh, figured out a way not to trade it away, but it's a possibility that uh, it does go because, um, of course, they're trying to get out of one of these two huge contracts with Ian Mahini or with Martin Gortat, who is no longer happy being here. So mm-hmm. they say that that 15 pick, is up for grabs if you're willing to take one of these big expiring contracts. So we'll see what happens. I just want some some youth to come to my organization. Plus, you know, it's the, it's the, it's the summer of free agency, man. A lot of big names that are going to be involved in the in the the, the, the draft will be an interesting thing to watch to see mm-hmm. how teams are thinking before free agency actually starts. You know, to exactly. see who they draft, what holes are they physically leaving open because they may be in the market for someone else. Well, speaking of being in the market for someone else, we're going to get to one more thing before the draft itself, which is the Wall Street picks, and that's the White Howard being traded from the Charlotte Hornets for Tim- mm-hmm. to, to the Brooklyn Nets for Timothy, to Timothy excuse me, Mos- Mosgoff and a couple of second-round draft picks. First of all, I know that the White Howard is not well liked in most locker rooms. As a matter of fact, I saw a report where he's like perhaps the least liked player in the NBA. And you oh, know wow. me, I am no fan of the White Howard whatsoever. Mm-hmm. However, if you're a Charlotte Hornets fan, two things. A, God bless you. And two, <laughs> what the fuck is Michael Jordan or Michael Jordan and Mitch Kupchak thinking? Do they, do you, you're getting rid of a guy who's, who's, who's not well-liked, okay, for chemistry reasons, but you bring in a tomato can who's owed 20, close to $20 million for the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. What in the hell? What in the hell? I mean, to me, I know they're avoiding the luxury tax thingy, but with this trade, this is, this is – this is not a salary thing per se, but this is a voice of the, of the luxury tax because they're a salary cap hell, believe it or not, with that mediocre, mediocre squad because you got so many yeah. bad contracts. I mean, Nick, Nicholas Batum uh, and, uh-huh. and, and, and Marvin Williams come on down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, 
But what I mean, I'm just I'm just feeling sorry for Kimba Walker too. I mean, he's the only stud that they have. And I don't think they'll be able to keep him around because I don't think he would want to stick around. Because you I think what? he wants to win and I and I think Charlotte's going for a full on tank. With the over you know quote unquote the process. It's it's a it's a it's an interesting point that you bring that up, right? Because I've been reading stuff that they might be dealing uh, Kimba. And, yeah, we'll see why me one bit. And if one of the funny things you talk about Kimba winning the win, one of the places where they're talking about dealing Kimba, your New York Knicks, because he wants to be back yeah, home. Yeah, boy. So it's interesting to see what that organization does, right? And and, mm-hmm. and like you said, it is funny because we've been having conversations about uh, 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 Dwight Howard. And this show, for the past two summers, it's almost it's starting to become like clockwork, where just two years ago, wasn't he just in, where was he two years ago? Houston, right? Who are you talking about? I'm sorry. Uh, Dwight Howard. Yeah, he was in Houston. He was in Houston two years ago. Well, three years ago. Well, I guess two years ago, because then the season before this past season, he was in, in Atlanta. He was traded to, to Atlanta. Uh-huh. And then... From Atlanta, traded his ass to Charlotte. To Charlotte, yeah. And now he's on his fourth team in four years. And this we is were amazing. Just talking about, yeah, we were just, I remember the conversation about him going to Charlotte, where I was saying, I, re, I remember this conversation like it was yesterday. I didn't know if it was just last year. But I was saying, you know, if he's capable of coming to Charlotte and, and being respectable, and I think my respectability meter for uh, Dwight last year was like maybe 15 and 10. He did that. He almost gave you yeah. that. And, yeah. And, and they still shipped him off to, book, to Brooklyn. That lets you know how much of a cancer he was in the locker room. Yeah. And, and to, to, to take on that contract with Moskov, he must have been a huge cancer, dude. Yeah. So, I know. I don't know, man. And I feel like you said. I know a, a Charlotte Hornets fan. I feel for him. I do. Yeah. And I, again, I don't know. I mean, he played well last season, but to your mm-hmm. point, he had to be. I don't look. Yeah, I know. He's again. He's not well liked. I get it. And there was, mm-hmm. and, what, and then they, they they got them like a lottery pick anyway. So I figured they they might as well. Lose without and lose with them, mm-hmm. but Timothy Moskov is was that the best y'all could think y'all could do? You stuck on the books of that clown, that tomato can rather, mm-hmm. and it's what nineteen million dollar, twenty million dollar price tag for the next two seasons. Mm-hmm. A bigger move has to be in play. Otherwise, they're just stuck on stupid if they're going to stick with this move. I really think that. I want to know what front office is laughing more at this deal. Is Brooklyn laughing that, that Charlotte was willing to take on that contract? Or is Charlotte laughing because Brooklyn was willing to take on all things that is Dwight Howard? Who thought well, you know that they were coming out a winner in this situation? Well, as far as people being laughed at, I think everyone in the NBA is laughing at Charlotte and Brooklyn because they're two horrible franchises. I mean, especially the case of Charlotte. I mean, Brooklyn is just bad. They they should have mm-hmm. kept their asses in New Jersey. But if if, if but if, if you're a Hornets fan, what's 
started off as a promising thing, it's now quickly turned turned towards the crapper, and it's not going to get better anytime soon. Try, expect, you know what? I'd be shocked if they hold on to Kemba. Now, me as a Knicks fan, I would love to have Kemba on my squad. Okay, mm-hmm. he's he's from Harlem, and you know he he he, he, he I mean he's a homeboy in every sense of the word. I, I, is he from Harlem or for the Bronx? I forgot, but at any rate, it doesn't matter. The point is, he's a homeboy, and you know, I, I mean this tank. I mean, why as well start the tanking right now? If you're Charlotte, if you're gonna bring in some American like Mozgov with huge contract and two second round draft picks, why not? Trade Kemba yeah. to get a, 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 a higher first-round pick. Maybe it's to the Knicks. I don't know. So they could at least have two lottery picks. Just hope that Jordan and Cupchat doesn't fuck those two up. <laughs> like Jordan has, and which show has done, have done the past, the previous few seasons. But yeah. I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know, brother. I I just don't know. But anyway, let's get you out of here on this, brother. Let's just end this with the NBA draft. Such a deep draft. Probably the deepest draft mm-hmm. in recent recent memory. So many great college players. Even that kid from overseas, uh, what's his name? Uh, Luka Donich. Uh, yeah. Donkid? I mean, I probably, I, I'm sure I butchered his last name to death. Anyway, that's the ball. That's what I called him last night was Donkid. So it's a, yep. I, I might be wrong, too, with you. So, you know, we're we <laughs> both together. But you know what? We'll get it right after tomorrow. We'll more yep, definitely get it right because we'll be hearing his name. We'll hear yeah. his name in, in the hype quite a few times tomorrow night. But, okay, but to your point, who do you think should go number one overall, but who do you think will go one more number one overall? Basically, who you think should or you and who you think will? Well, it's probably going to be one and the same. Um you know, of course, Trey Young's name's been tossed out there. Maybe not as a number one pick, but as a top five pick. Uh, same uh-huh. thing with uh, what is it? Uh, Mo Bamba. Same thing with Jared yep. Jackson. Uh, yep. the Donkey, like we said earlier. Um, but the two names who, who have really been in conversation is is uh, Marvin Bagley the third, and of course uh, uh, your boy. Aton, who was involved in that that whole scandal with the uh, the FBI, you know right. they, they said that you know he was one of the players that they were going after, even though he was uh, committed well before that whole phone call deal. But I I, I truly believe it's going to be Aton, man. I, I think he's going to end up, and we like the team's coach on the show about it. Coach has this thing about teams drafting uh, talent from the state that they're in, i.e., if you're the Miami Dolphins, you're going to end up drafting talent from, say, like the University of Florida, Florida State, uh, UCF, you know, stuff like that. We we tease them about that. But this is a situation where this is possible. You know, you have the guy from the University of of Arizona. He is number one uh, first-round talent. Some people say that, you know, he, he's comparable to David Robinson. Um, and it's interesting because there are a lot of bigs who are looked at as being top five talent in this, actually top ten shot talent in this draft, even though the league is, has been moving away from bigs anyway. But it's, it's like they're, they're going towards stretch forwards. 
And a lot of these guys, I guess, if they don't gain weight, can be considered stretch right. for in, in the league, man. Yeah. But, the, you know, a lot of these guys, uh, uh, Williams, the Williams kid, um, 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 who else? Uh, 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 what's his name? Um, God, the guy that, that, that was hurt and, and, and missed the majority of the season this past season. Michael Porter Jr. Um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Michael Porter Jr., another cat that, that fits into that mode. So mm-hmm. you have all of these guys that 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 that, that, fit that stretch for a mode that everyone is looking for. But I, I truly believe that uh, uh, Aiden is going to be the guy that gets taken number one overall. That's my, that's you know my what? thought, and that's what I think is going to happen. Well, that's we're what, sharing that's, a brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 that's what I was about to say. We're <laughs> share, kind of sharing a brain. I like uh, Mobamba a lot. I mm. like him a lot. I, I, I saw him play at, at, at Texas. He mm-hmm. has these seven foot one with a seven foot six wing inch wingspan. Mm-hmm. That's bigger than Rudy Gobert. Yes, sir. The wingspan. And and I see a guy who has a desire to expand his game. He he made a video of himself shooting threes, but I think he'd be more effective once he bulks up a little bit to keep his ass near, near around the paint. And mm-hmm. dominated where I think he's a great. He has the potential to be a great rim protector. He was in college, yeah. And I just like that he seems to have a dog in him. When he was with uh, Kevin Garnett, um, hanging out with him as well as Jared, you can say the same thing about Jared Jackson as well. They, it seems that like he has that dog in him. That he wants to be great. That he wants mm. to do whatever it takes. He's willing to pay the price. That really resonated with me. And. And I look around and, and I see these other players like that Dockage kid who's has swag, who uh-huh. wants to be who has that dog in him as well, and Marvin Bagley the third. You got Lee and, and DeAndre, DeAndre Ayton as well. You have four guys that have that dog in them that are more than worthy to be a number one draft pick. But what I, who I think should be that guy, based on what I watched last year in college, in college basketball. It's Marvin Bagley the third. He is when he's on, he is on. He he, mm-hmm. he has great footwork. He's not a dinosaur like Joel, uh like uh like uh, Okafor was, um uh, uh, uh Okafor was was from Duke. But mm-hmm. he this Bagley kid, man, he has a good shot. He can take you down low, he can block shots, he can rebound. And they he was just a college. You can tell Duke was so what was so different with them in the lineup. And I think he has a desire to get better as well. I mean, he, I mean, look, I mean, I think he could easily be one of the great, future great big men in this game. And, and, and I think the Pendulum is going to switch swing from being small ball, like Golden State, uh, kind of like invented on the fly, to being back about being the big man. Because you see all these mm. big men, that's going to be near the top of this draft come tomorrow night. And, you know, I think that's what's going on. But it wouldn't shock me if Dockett goes first. I think him being European may hurt him, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, you know what? I want to take out the box and go Mo Bamba. We'll go first overall. But I think so many people are so much in love with Aiton from, from Arizona. And it would be perfect fit because who's drafting number, number one overall if no deals are being made? Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns. So yeah. what better way 
to get people's asses in, in the seats at, at Suns games than drafting that ding, uh, ding, such a homeboy. Yeah. I was just about to say yeah. that. And to uh, yeah. take a phrase from you and to modify it, I was looking at the Suns roster earlier today because we were talking about it last night and we couldn't think of anybody of note on that roster. Yeah, you, you look at that Phoenix Suns roster, you know what you see? You see aisle four. If, if you're not familiar, most aisle fours in grocery stores are where you find <laughs> the canned vegetables, i.e. the tomato yeah. cans. So right, I'm right. looking at the roster, and I see nothing but tomato uh-huh. cans over there. I don't see anything that's going to make me want to come, if I'm living in Phoenix or in the surrounding areas, to come see a Phoenix Suns game. But you know what will? This is young cat who I was watching playing for Arizona last year. Hey, I like yep. that dude. You know, he's a young talent. I'm familiar with him. He's pretty good. If he can come in at day one, we don't need him to to, to take time to develop. Come in as is, as advertised and ball out. Mm-hmm. I'm coming to games, which is selling tickets, which is selling apparel, which is putting money into the the owner's pocket, which is which is what the owner is going to want. So yeah, maybe they're probably tired of seeing these tomato cans. They want to go ahead and get them a G in there and go ahead and see him ball, which is why I truly believe. And you said the exact same thing I was I was thinking was that you know they want to go ahead and see somebody that they're familiar with and they go ahead and bring them in. Makes yeah, I mean, that's the thing. They, I mean, you think Phoenix possibly couldn't screw this one up, right? But again, to go with Devin Booker, he's the only player who's worth a damn. Who's on yeah. the squad? So I mean, it's it, yeah. So I mean, they'd be stuck on stupid. They didn't bring him in, but you know, again, I, that's why I think that's probably going to be the the, the, the top pick. And um, but it's going to be I'll, I'll be watched tomorrow night because you know, you you know there'll be you know, there, there going to be some deals made. So it's going to be exciting. I know we're going to talk about next week at Norsham. So mm-hmm. I'm ready. I'm ready. I know you're ready too. So. So so, oh, yeah. so let's get it. NBA draft tomorrow night. But hey, thanks a lot, brother. I know we're gonna have a lot of fun next week with the NBA draft alone. So take a like. You do the same, bro. All right, peace out. That's my guy, Dwayne Nash. Please check him out on Sleazy Radio here on Blog Talk Radio once a week, as well as the Sports Blog, the RSS HBCU Sports, the rest of the whole thing at HBCU Sports. Thanks a lot, y'all, for tuning in. This is Scott Burst of the Clown Hour signing out. Oh six. Good night.